I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Have you ever wondered what happened to our relationship connection? In this week's episode, we dive into the deep end of the relationship pool. First, Liz and I discuss a metaphor of a swimming pool and how important it is to constantly add cups of connection to keep couples feeling close. Then we talk about eight D's that lead to disconnection. These are common things from disagreements to destructive decisions that most couples experience from time to time. The key is becoming more aware of them and intentionally doing and saying things that will keep your relationship pool full of connection. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, welcome friends to another episode of the Stronger Marriage Connection podcast. I'm Dr. Dave here at USU alongside Dr. Liz Hill, clinical psychologist And we are bringing you the best resources, the best research, the tips and tools to help you have the marriage of your dreams. All right. Now today, Dr. Liz and I, we're going to discuss some common things that happen in marriage that cause couples to drift apart. Here at the Stronger Marriage Connection, we often talk about things that can connect us. Today, we're going to talk about some things that can often disconnect us and hopefully throw in a few things that can strengthen that connection. But I, I want to set some things up right from the start by saying that most of what we're going to be talking about today is completely normal. That all couples will experience these things that cause disconnection. Whether it's subconsciously or consciously, the key is to be more aware of them and then counter them with more connections. So we hope this discussion, right, Liz, doesn't cause this this shame and this guilt and like, oh man, that's me and I need to work better on this. But we hope it raises a bit of awareness and maybe some things that we can do a little bit better uh, that we can tweak and pay more attention to the connection and strengthen our relationships. So Liz, what do you think about this topic today? In marriage, in marriage therapy, Dave, I do a fair amount of normalizing mm-hmm. because for whatever reason, we all feel like nobody else struggles the way we do yep. or the way I do. That's right. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's interesting how much energy I spend like, oh, yeah, completely normal. Oh, I've been there. Let me tell you my story. You know, I do a fair amount of self-disclosing because that really meant a lot to me. When I was doing my training 30 plus years ago, I had a supervisor who was always sharing stories about himself. And I learned to do that in the session as well. Mm. Maybe it's maybe it's a little TMI, but I, I try to be appropriate. But I, I'm hoping that it's very helpful for people to realize you are not alone. This is not just your issue. It really, we can all relate to it. Yep. Yeah, I think that's a great idea, Liz. And, and I'll try to do that again today as well. Share a little bit more about, hey, I, we're not perfect at this. This is Dr. Dave, Dr. Liz, and we're still working on some of these. So I think that's a great. Oh, one. yeah. 
I'm a work in progress. First, I've got to ask you, Dave, you give a healthy number of presentations every year. What number are you at now, professionally speaking? <laughs> you know, I, I sure love doing this. I love sharing tips and, and all kinds of uh, principles and practices on, on stages. Um, it, it's <laughs> over 500. I've lost track. I've, I've done about 45 oh, my um, so far this year. So I, I really love sharing good information with people. Good. Who's been your most difficult audience? Mm. What age group or what profession? You know, <laughs> hands down, I've traveled all across the country and give these presentations on marriage and positivity yeah. and parenting. Uh, but the most difficult audience is it's got to be the teenagers. It's the high schools, the middle school assemblies and the high schools. Um, they're just you have to do a lot of entertaining as, as well as educating. And that group can be pretty brutal. Yeah, sometimes as far as just staring at you um, and, and not much response. So that, one, that one's a tough one. I love kids. I love teenagers. They're great. But together, they can be pretty intimidating for an adult. I give you a ton of credit. Yeah. I really do. And I bet they love you. I bet they love you. Oh. Good for you. What might you talk? What, what might you, just on a side note, share with teens? What might some of those... Mm. Discussion, discussion topics be yeah. with middle school and high schools? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. A lot of it right now has to do with um, with mental health, as we can see this big surge in mental health kind of cross crisis. So I'm talking about suicide prevention and mental health and reaching out and saying something when you see something. So those types of messages tend to resonate well. I think that's great. You know, speaking of normalizing, I wish, Dave, I wish we had a better message of normalizing anxiety and depression. We talk about it. We talk about getting help. I love that. Say something, see something, all or see something, say something, pardon me. It's all very good, but we don't talk enough about, you know what? This is so normal. I feel this way too sometimes. I've been there. I can relate. Sometimes you think, ah, is this really worth it? You know, am I really, <clears throat> is this all there is in life? I so get it. I just, I wish there was more of that discussion, mm -hmm. right? This yes. is completely normal. And guess the good news is it doesn't last. Right. And there are better days. There are. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. And getting help. Yeah. I think it's all part of that. Reaching out, reaching, yep. not right. trying to think like, oh, if I can just plow through it or if I just smile more. No, 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 no. There, there are wonderful resources out there that can help people through their, through their struggles. I love how you start today's segment out by the metaphor of a swimming pool, right? The relationship pool of connection. We have a pool, by the way. Not that I ever really wanted one. The house came with it. And it has nothing, it has been nothing but a ton of hard work. I don't even do the hard work. I just watch Ben doing all the hard work. Sometimes that darn pool has to be drained, replastered, retiled. But on the other hand, I got to tell you, Dave, it has brought a lot of great memories with our families and friends through the years. So you've piqued my interest on the relationship pool of connection. Say more. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested in your in your take on this. So this this whole metaphor of this idea of this relationship pool of, of connection, the idea will kind of set the stage for our, our discussion is really that when couples first get together and they feel this connection, they feel like, oh, you know, I really, I can relate to this person. I love listening to them, their sense of humor. We go out on dates and that connection starts to form. And I think about that almost like a kiddie pool, right? When you're young, you have this short little kiddie pool and you start dumping this, I call it cups of connection. So you dump a cup of connection. Mm -hmm. We go on a date, we go out to dinner, we laugh, we have a great time. And then I started feeling closer to you. And then the more couples do that and they engage in these uh, dates and fun things, they're pouring a cup of connection into their pool. So the whole premise is 
that the deeper the pool, that means the, the closer connected uh, that we feel. And as we grow in relationships and go through even ups and downs and, and hard times, even challenges or health um, crises in our lives, that sometimes those will bring us closer and there's a, a big bucket. Maybe it's a five gallon bucket of, of pool to, uh, of water that we add to that pool. So, but I don't, I want to set up front right actually, um, and not misunderstand that length, length of relationship doesn't necessarily equal depth. Does that make sense? Not the longer that we're in a relationship doesn't necessarily mean we have this Olympic sized pool. We could be a puddle and been together 50 years. Does that makes sense, Liz. Yeah. That's right. Oh, very much so. If we never dare go deeper, right, in that connection. Yep. Yep, for sure. As we stay with this metaphor, this relationship pool of connection, um, like I've said, like relationships, all pools need maintenance. A lot of things can go wrong. Um, for instance, for pools, they lose water. And I think you cleverly have a metaphor how pools, relationships can lose water. Yeah. And and think about it really three ways and you will know more. I don't, I don't have a pool. Mm -hmm. So you'll know more about this. Let me know if these are accurate lists, at least three ways the pools lose water and the relationships kind of lose that, that connection as we stick with that metaphor. And the first one is evaporation. So over time, I assume, Liz, you know, it's a hot summer, let's say, yep. and you don't add, add any water to the pool, not doing anything. There's going to be some, it's slow, but that pool will mm -hmm. slowly go down. Is that right? In, in your own swimming pool? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Sometimes it's evaporation. Sometimes you have a leak. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> but right. You definitely have to keep refilling that pool. Yeah, and that's exactly it with, with going out on, on dates and keeping that really intentionality. We're going to work on the relationship. We need to intentionally add cups of connection to stay closer together. So I, I like to call this <laughs> relation dehydration. For, uh, you know, for instance... Um, if we're not continuing to, uh, to do those little things, maybe we're texting, maybe we're, we're, uh, planning ahead or have something that we need. We're going to go out on a vacation or we're doing something fun and enjoyable. If we're not doing those things, then we're going to slowly lose that connection. So that's the first one is evaporation. The second way that pools lose water is through splashing or from dipping. We're dipping it out. We're splashing it out. I envision this, this cannonball that we, we launch. And th this is analogous to um, sometimes some mean things that we say or do in our, in our relationships uh, that we don't feel close again. And we'll discuss some of these with these, with these D's, but that's the second one with, with splashing. It's a cannonball, cannonball competition sometimes. Yeah, that's right. And all the water goes, yes. And then our, our pool goes, mm -hmm. goes down a little bit after all the, the craziness that happens. The third right. way, and you alluded to this one, Liz, is the, I, I call it loyalty leaks or these, these cracks in our commitment. And these, these can be a little bit more serious. It can be subtle little things like a not spend enough time to each other, but then maybe I'm starting to flirt with somebody at work or maybe on social media or I reach out to something, mm -hmm. but those can be a little bit more serious. And often like in real pools, like you mentioned, we may have to drain the pool and get, yeah. get a professional to come in and maybe we go to a counselor, mm -hmm. but we get someone that, right. that puts that plaster on that really helps us. Then we can start to add those cups of connection. Maybe we've been burned. Maybe there's been an affair or something. And we have to build mm -hmm. that, that connection again. So those are the, the primary three ways that, that uh, right. relationships lose that, that water. Bulls are expensive. Marriage and even marriage therapy can be expensive. But let me tell you what's really expensive is divorce. Yes. Right? Emotionally expensive, 
financially expensive, spiritually finance, spiritually expensive. It just, it takes a toll. Does it mean we should never have divorce? Of course not. Right. That would be unethical of me to say, yep. but could we eliminate it or not eliminate it, but could we diminish it? Ah, that would be my goal in life. That is my greatest life mission is to diminish divorce. Yes. We'll be right back after this brief message. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. And we're back. Let's dive right in. So now you've got, speaking of Ds, um, you've got the eight Ds of disconnection. Before we get to divorce, there are some Warning Ds, if you will. The first one is D is for drifting. It happens without our awareness, much like you're saying about how the pool water evaporates, Dave. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, soon after I call it, you know, the newlywed years, it, we go from, yeah, this this love and this romance, this connection, this passion, but the newness wears off the newlywed years and we go from uh, I love you to I bug you. I don't know, Liz, if you ever have felt that with Ben, but it's like, okay, we're just, uh, we don't see each other that, you know, the same way and start little things start to, to bug us a little bit. And, and you've heard me say before, and I've, I've said on, on our show, that lack of attention leads to loss of connection. And that leads to affection deprivation. And that's what essentially is happening here. Life happens, but dates don't. And so we don't, Many of us don't intentionally to drift apart, right? We we love our partner and we're we're committed, but just life gets gets kind of crazy. We don't realize it. Just like evaporation in the pool, we don't even really know that we are are drifting apart. So we have to pause again. This happens to all of us, and it's just a, a way. You know, are we drifting? Or one time, my wife just said in the car, "What are we doing for us today?" I, I love that that question because it keeps us. From, from drifting apart. Ah, oh, that self-care, that couple care. I really love this. And D, D really is for dates. Like you say, dates on the calendar for going out or staying in with a special evening planned. Dates on the calendar, even for physical intimacy. Yes. Dave, some couples really fight me on that. But I tell you, if we don't plan for it, if we don't put in the effort to secure time for it, it doesn't happen. Yep, that's right. So I'm a big one for dates. I am. Too. Next one is... Darts and daggers. Boy, that just says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. You know what? Sometimes, sometimes it may feel like a dart and sometimes it feels like this dagger. We're, we're all going to say things. We're going to have rough days. We're going to be stressed out. We're going to get impatient and we're all going to say things. We're going to say things that are hurtful, that are mean. Sometimes it's a little bit more mean and, and cutting as you, uh, if you think about that, that metaphor than others. I like to say, Liz, that reactions wreck relationships. And this includes things, and you're familiar with Gottman, about criticism and contempt and sarcasm and just kind of that sneering or rolling the eyes or or it could even be like, oh, why did you stop at this gas station? 
or, or you know, why did you, why did you, you know, go this way or, or that way? We kind of sit there and pick each other apart. I call it avoiding parenting your partner. Do you know what I'm talking about, Liz? What this oh, one? Boy. Our, I tell you, my husband does not want a parent, right? He <sighs> wants a partner. He wants a lover, not a mother. He's already had a mother. Not every thought needs to be shared. I'm often telling clients, and I really tell myself, if my husband, for instance, seems to be taking the long way when we're trying to go get from point A to point B, I have really learned to use the proverbial duct tape. <laughs> Not every thought I have is brilliant. Not every thought I have should be shared. So I love that. I got that from Laura Doyle, Six Intimacy Skills. <sighs> but it, you know why I don't say anything? is because it's not worth the loss of intimacy. Mm. It's not worth that price. Yes. You know how many fights there are for couples being in the car together? Oh, yeah, with directions. <laughs> it's it's a right. really huge problem. I, I, hear, I hear it every single day. But that prover- proverbial deck tape is the answer. Yeah. Um, my comment is not always going to come across the way I want it to be. It's often going to come across as criticism. And I'll accept that and just allow the driver to drive. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think if I summarize this one, it, it, you know, darts and daggers is about really watching the three T's. That's our temper, our tongue oh. and our tone. The things that we say, how fast we are to just, just like react and say something kind of mean and, and cutting. We've got to just be able to, to pause. Sometimes if we just leave one thing right. left unsaid per day, yep. right. that could strengthen the relationship. Temper, tongue and tone. I love it. You're so good. All right. Number three D is for disruptions. Yeah, we're going to have all kinds of, of disruptions in our life. These are things that are often out of our control. These can be things like um, moving. It can be illness. It could be pregnancy or, or even childbirth, in-laws, uh, car troubles. This is lack of sleep or unexpected bills. So the key here is life is going to happen. And when it does, it often creates these disruptions in our in our date nights and other connecting moments. And, and couples say, again, what happened to our relationship um, connection. A- again, very common. Most relationships are going to have this, but it's simply being aware, okay, there's a little bit of stress here. Oh, my, my partner, they have to work really late or they've got this study, their exam. Just being aware of, of the disruptions in our lives. Some of our the professionals we've had on have, have echoed the same feeling you and I have that we really have to prepare for some de-stressing because stress happens, right? We, we don't want a life without it because we need a fair amount of stress. It just is. So we've got to make peace with it. So stress management, de-stressing, de-stressing as a couple is really huge. Um, I think this is why also, Dave, deposits in the emotional bank account are key. It helps provide us with a little bit of reserve when we are stressed beyond our limits and life gets the best of us. So making those deposits. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Let me add, let me add on to that deposit because that... In my mind, that those deposits are those those cups of connection to that pool. And and I just thought, even while we're talking here, that the depth of our pool, when you throw like a rock into a pool, it's not going to splash as much water out or make a big splash. If, if we have a really deep pool, then there's going to be some hurtful things, maybe once in a while that will come. But if our pool is like a little puddle and that's the only connection and we keep throwing <laughs> rocks into that, there's Huge. not going to be much left. But if we have a really deep pool that we can say, hey, I know this person didn't mean that. And we have years of connection. And I can see past that that little hurtful thing. Ah, giving the benefit of the doubt. Isn't that just like the best gift in the world it to is. me it is anyway? Absolutely. All right. Fourth D is distance. Yeah. Take it away. Yeah. This distance, um, physical distance, 
can lead to emotional distance. You know, how we know from the research that the occasional distance, you know, let my wife will go on maybe a girl's trip or girl's night out and and go eat. Um, And that can actually strengthen, you know, I'll go speak, for example, and then that kind of uh, that distance, you know, that uh, what is what's the saying that fondness, you know, it makes the there the distance yeah, that, that's, that's what i'm looking for yeah, that, that's what i'm looking for there's I, I will feel this greater love for my wife when i am out and i'm in a hotel in baton rouge right and i'm speaking and i think ah oh, man i love my wife so much so that's not the distance that i'm talking about that distance can be really helpful but i'm talking about excessive um you know travel for work or for school or long hours study even hunting trips or one spouse travels with a child you know, for their sports events, those kinds of things. So it's when our schedules don't line up well and we, this distance starts to cause disconnection. And then the, the big word here is the resentment. I start to feel a little bit resentful because we don't see each other and we're not adding cups of connection to our pool. Yeah, that's so true. You know, when I think of distance, I do think the literal distance for starters, right? Bless the hearts of our military families, those dedicated marriages and families where deployments are six and 12 months. Um, I don't know that's part of the expected sacrifice. And I'm impressed with the military marriage support that they offer these dedicated couples. But I realize the danger of distance is what you talked about. It's really kind of the decisions we make, right? We make decisions day in and day out that will either bless us, help us, or harm us in our marriages. And we're all responsible for them. I think together as a couple, we have to really decide who are we and what's worth the sacrifice and what isn't? What is too great of a price to pay? So decide together what's right for you as a couple and a family and stay disciplined, dedicated to that. I think discipline is really key when it comes to marriage. Yeah. Another D word. Yeah. I love it. Yep. Yep. And then, so fifth, we have destructive decisions, Dave. Yeah. Do you- beautifully say warn us against yeah number five destructive decisions uh now i sometimes call them decisions without discussion and these can include um you know one-sided decisions or purchases uh, or secretive decisions it could be hidden habits or or pornography something that said hey i thought we were gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about that that one that one kind of hurts because you went <laughs> behind my back and i'm feeling again resentment oh, because of something i laugh I laugh because I've heard that. I thought we were going to talk about this, Liz. I thought we were. I thought we had an agreement that we were going to talk if we bought anything over a hundred dollars together. That's right. Yep. I think you've been in my home. <laughs> yeah. One of those is our dog. I know, um, Liz. You, I don't know if you've seen this with clients, but we actually. So Max and, and Max is sitting down here next to me. Hopefully, he's he's quiet. He he was one of those. We had talked about it, talked about it, but I was away in Chicago, and this this dog happened. This woman was getting rid of a dog, and so um, I remember my wife FaceTiming me, and she said, "Honey, you know, here's Max." And I thought, "Honey, we were gonna, we were going to talk about." It. So and, and good yep. thing that yeah, it, it all worked out. We still love we still love Max. That is so good. It's funny you should say that because, yeah, D is for dog yeah. <laughs> when it comes to marriage therapy. I can't tell you how many times I've heard this very scenario. Yeah. Um, and it, and the, the couple, the partner rather, you in this particular case, was not quite so forgiving. Uh, it really makes, a, it can make a big deal. I didn't want the darn dog. Mm-hmm. And then off we are going to the races. And sometimes that creates a foundation for all kinds of resentment and yeah. betrayals. 
A pet, a child, of course, deserves to be wanted by all family members. So I would actually say that some of these decisions, if we're not on the same page, um, the answer is no, right? The no's kind of have it. Mm -hmm. So take your time to really ferret out those discussions. And and I'm all about everybody saying what their preference is, right? Mm. Expressing their desires. I think that's lovely. I can have my say, but just not always my way. And that's part of agreeing to be in a marriage, part of agreeing to be a family member. Yeah. We can speak up, but we just can't always get our way. Oh, I like I'm that. glad it's worked out for Max. He's landed in a good yeah. home. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It could have gone the other way. Yeah. That's right. Sometimes we have to delay those desires, but in this case, I'm so glad it worked out. Yeah. Your next D, your number six D is D is for disagreements and defensiveness. Yeah. Yeah. I see that a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, again, common. I, I don't want people to be walking away like, man, I, you know, I'm doing all of these. It's going to be common, but, but think about the patterns. Am, am I stuck in this defensiveness in these disagreements? This one's, it can overlap a little bit with some of the darts and daggers. If we let it, if we start to disagree and then we start doing that, that meanness. So we're going to sometimes do things and we're going to have these disagreements and say and do things that we're going to regret. But we have to remember, and I try to remind our children of this every day when they we walk mm-hmm. out the door, it's people. People are more important oh. than problems. And they're like, oh, okay, dad, I, you, know, <laughs> you told us that. And so that means that they're remembering that. But we're on the same team. Really we're on the same team. And I remember a professor once saying this. He said, you know what? Conflict only happens because we care. If you didn't care, there wouldn't be a disagreement yeah. or a, or this, this defensiveness. So we have to remember that we, we both care about something. And we have to remember this. Wally Goddard, a great guest, we'll have to have him on. He's, he once said, irritation is an invitation for compassion. So when we get easily irritated, mm-hmm. whether it's our spouses, our, our, their driving, their little habits that they do, or they're not putting yeah. away the dishes, Irritation is an invitation for compassion. We're going to have disagreements, but it's mm-hmm. how we disagree, yep. right, Liz? There is no other way, right? And I often say no pain, no gain. It's not just for diet and exercise. It's for oh, relationships. Yeah. And putting people over problems. I really love that. You know, defensiveness is one of those four horsemen of the apocalypse. You're right, as mm-hmm. Dr. John Gottman has has um, discovered. And I find that pretty much anything you could accuse me of, Dave, if I look closely enough, I'll find it. Mm-hmm. I'll find it. If yeah. you are my partner and say, wow, you're a little short. Oh, you're right. I am. I can discover where, you, where you're speaking truths to me if I really look closely enough. And it's better just to take responsibility and to say, you know, you're right. I've noticed that myself. Thanks for pointing that out. I appreciate you bringing it up. I'm really going to work on it. Yes. So be willing to discover. And I, but I know how maddening it is to feel like you're being accused of something that you purposely didn't do. Yeah. But it's the perspectacles, right, of the other party. It's their perspective. It's we all see life through our own lens. I'm not going to argue with my husband's perspective. That's kind of silly. That's wasted air. Yes, yes. So well, you're working with your partner's perspective. Yeah, I love it. It's about understanding. Really, even if you don't agree, yep. it's about trying to understand, truly understand their their perspective and their position or their preference or whatever it is that you're really gridlocked about aim for understanding. And then, you know, getting our heart right, hearts right. And then we can, then we can tackle solutions. Yeah. I love how you say that getting your hearts right. So the seventh D of disconnection is the daily, the daily hassle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This disconnection again happens to all of us. We get, you know, busy yep. and all this tends to happen it just it adds to the messiness of, of life and life is going to be unpredictable. And other times 
life is predictable, Liz, and that is the problem. And I pick up this child at this time and go into sports or this practice, and then I, I need an egg because I'm making these cookies because I'm volunteering for PT. It's just this busyness, and busyness can be good. But if your spouse just gets the leftovers at the end of the day, then perhaps we need to kind of rethink and come come back and say, okay, my spouse is getting the leftovers, and, and what can I do to not be so busy, and then I'm so tired at night, and then it's like, oh, you know, good night. Oh, yeah, here's your kiss, good night, and then I'm, I'm gone. Yeah, we got to get a little bit better at that. Yeah, well said. I think you could, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, we have all these promises we made, right? Mm. With, um, oh, we made a promise to bake cookies for the piano recital and things just felt overwhelming. And I, I just wish and hope that we can hit delete a little bit more often. Mm. What can I, what can I, what can I get off my list, right? What can be replaced? Where can I hit the delete? What is just all not that important? Yes. Again, as you say, putting people over problems. Yeah. Yep. And then the lastly, last B for these disconnects is the digital distractions. This is huge in our day and age. Yeah, this one has. I love this, you have. this D has really yes. crept up, you know, in the last uh, you know, decade or two with these digital distractions. And, and we've had Brandon McDaniel on before and he he was amazing and talked about technoference and and fubbing and those types of things, but it really is the digital <laughs> distractions can create again, more resentment. It can create some frustration, yeah. some stress. Sometimes it will be just silent, right? It kind of silently, I'm a little bit irritated. I wish they'd get off their phone or quit bringing it, um, you know, to yeah. bed or checking it, you know, for an hour in the morning. But then over time that can <laughs> create this resentment, which then leads to, you know, not adding the cups of connection into the pool. I'm not feeling as, as close for my own research, Liz, I found that 55% say that their partner is on their phone too much. And 45% say technology mm. is a big problem in their marriage. And so whether it's video games, it's texting, it's texting, it's, uh, having phones yeah. at the, at the table, which I'm not a big fan of, you know, kick him, get him right. out of the beds right. and get him out of, t of tables. Those are places for connection. So mm -hmm. digital distractions can be harmful. Yeah. I love leaving my phone behind. Ben doesn't like me to because when we go somewhere, like we'll, we'll separate a little bit, right? Like a Costco or Sam's Club or yeah. in the mall. And he likes to be able to reach me, but I so love to leave my phone behind. I don't know if you've seen these two fathers who uh, created a device recently. It's called Aero, A-R-O. And it's a box. It's a box for their phone. There's like four slots for phones and it, the box not only charges your phone, but it keeps track of how long your phone is in the box. So it's a little bit of a game you can play for yourself uh, of putting it away. It's kind of clever. Some of the ads are, you know, one of the daughters has a party and all of her friends come over and they're all putting their phones in the boxes if they go upstairs and they paint nails and talk and be silly and have great food. Kind of like it should be, right? Yeah. So really clever to see if that takes off. Would you ever be interested in a device like that called the, the arrow or any kind of way? I'm just open for um, devising any kind of plan that limits that social media and gets us to our faces and not our phones. Oh, I love I love that. Our faces, not our phones. We do need to kind of get back to more of that face-to-face -face connection. So anything that we can kind of intentionally, purposely, whether it's a box or putting things down or at nighttime, yeah, we keep phones here or plugged in. Again, if we just will just kind of drift and we won't even think about it because it becomes such a, a habit, whether it's teenagers, they come in the door, hey guys, yeah, put your phones here if that works. 
because we want more interaction. That's where the connection and the real magic happens is not on our phones. It's what happens in those little micro moments of connection. Beautiful. Wow. It's all about relationships, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Well, we've discussed all kinds of, of these D's, these D's of, of disconnection um, today that happen in our, in our relationship. Maybe in a future episode, um, Liz, we'll talk more about concrete ideas, just a ton of ideas to strengthen the connection because these are common ways that we disconnect, that we lose water from our, our relationship yeah. pool. But I think having a, an episode that's just dedicated to the cups of connection, giving couples, okay, this is how we are disconnected, but man, give us more ideas of, of how to stay connected. So maybe we'll tackle that in a, in a future episode. I appreciate that. And I really did want to thank you for the eight D's of drifting, darts and daggers, disruptions, distance, destructive decisions, um, disagree, disagreements. There we go, right? Defensiveness, the dailies and the digital distraction. Those are all great reminders, Dr. Dave. Ah, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Before, what do you think, uh, Liz, as far as a takeaway, we do these takeaways of the day. Anything that this stands out or, or anything that you hope the listeners will, will remember? I, I'm certainly going to take away putting people over problems. I think that's such a great term that you teach your kids as they walk out the door every morning. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's remember kids, you know, people, and they're like, dad, I know people are more important than problems. And that's when I know that it, uh, that it resonates and they've, they've remembered that. Yeah. Thinking in. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. What about you? What's your takeaway? Yeah. You know, I think as I think back on some of these, I, I think, if there's anything, and it may be not be one of these ADs, but I, I hope the listeners will go back through it. And maybe there's one or two that says, mm, you know, I need to maybe work on it a little bit. I need to be more intentional instead of, of automatic, whether that's, you know, no scroll till noon or, or whether they have something yeah. they're, they're going to intentionally do <laughs> to stay connected and then be mindfully aware like, oh man, we're in this, this silly disagreement or I guess I shouldn't parent my partner right now. That that's, that's not bringing us, us closer. And so really my takeaway of the day is, is think about your own relationship and, and then pause, kind of hit pause for a minute and reflect and don't go automatic, but be mindfully aware of the little things that you're doing, perhaps that are taking away from that connection and then mindfully aware, mm. apply some, some little things that will bring you closer. Beautiful. That's just been so fun. I can just see you up there giving a presentation on this. Thank you for bringing it today to Stronger Marriage Connection. Yes. Well, thanks, Liz. And thanks to our listeners. We're so grateful to have you on here listening to Stronger Marriage Connection. We hope the tips and the tools, these resources and the research are helpful for you in your relationship, and it will ultimately help you have a stronger marriage connection. So that's all for now, my friends. We hope you'll join us next time on the Stronger Marriage Connection podcast. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, do us a favor and take a few minutes to subscribe to our podcast and the Utah Marriage Commission YouTube channel, where you can watch this and every episode of the show. When you hit the like button and leave a comment, your feedback helps us improve the show. And don't forget to share this episode with a friend. You can also follow and connect with us on Instagram at Stronger Marriage Life and on Facebook at Stronger Marriage. Be sure to share with us what topics you want us to explore or what you loved about today's episode. If you want even more resources to improve your relationship connection, visit our website at strongermarriage.org where you'll find free workshops, webinars, relationship surveys, and more. 
Each episode of Stronger Marriage Connection is hosted and sponsored by the Utah Marriage Commission at Utah State University. Finally, a big thanks to our producers, Rex Polanis, Kirsten Wilson, and the team at Utah State University. And you, our audience, you make this show possible.